Um, have you seen? Okay, I was on Twitter recently. There was a very funny uh, Jewish, I don't know, I imagine a comedian or person who had a thread about what to do if you have a Christian child in your classroom for the Christmas season, and it was hilarious. Oh, really? Yes. Any <laughs> any like good pointers you remember? Uh, uh, your uh, can I? I'll, I'll read one of them. Yeah, please do. There it is. The Jew who has it all. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's a common misconception to think of Yom Christmas as Christian Hanukkah, but the holidays are not related, even though Yom Christmas sometimes falls during Hanukkah. Students in your class may express that they feel sorry for the Christian students who only have one day of holiday and no candles. You may explain to them that Christian children have their own holiday traditions, and some even with candles, and that in their way, they enjoy the holiday just as much as we enjoy Hanukkah. It is is funny 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 i love it go go look up jew at jew who has it all there's quite a few more funny funny things out of politeness for their sincerely held beliefs please refrain from asking christian children to explain how their prophet their prophet's unwed mother became pregnant Oh my God! I think about that like at least <laughs> once a week. Oh, that, yeah, that actually put me down a hole, and I started looking into um, some of the like what the history of that was, and it sounds like it was just a like uh, revisement that happened when Christians were still obsessed with Mary being a virgin for her whole life, like. I should have really done insane. today's episode on that. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, funny. I screwed up. That's okay. We're still gonna have a fun holiday episode. Merry Xmas. Merry X X Xmas. Uh, and wait, wait, wait. Is it New Year's Eve? So is it really or <laughs> no? This will come out on no. Christmas. Oh, okay. And then I also learned, based from um, I don't know, I know some sort of social media thing. That Xmas is actually Christian because X in Greek is chai and chai means something to Christians. So, oh, that you can actually use Xmas. I'm not going to go down that hole right <laughs> yes. now, but that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. See the the protecting symbols episode. <laughs> Yes, indeed. I think that's where we talked about that. Welcome to Sex with Ghosts. I'm Bridget here with my animal enthusiast friend, Molly. I do appreciate animals, but mostly in their own habitats. That is why I chose today's topic. Excellent. Love it. See, when you did eels, we did, I don't know, 
what I think almost feels like six parts. I don't think it was that much, but it was, <laughs> it was a long, long one. <laughs> it was a was. long one on eels. Yeah. This one will definitely not be nearly as long, but it did make me think my holiday gift to Molly celebrating the solstice here, celebrating our holiday together at sex with ghosts. We're going to do reindeers. Oh, very fun. This is good because I think even when we did, I can't remember if it was a bonus episode or an actual episode, but when we were talking about Christmas of some sort, I believe reindeer came up and I think they have some weird stuff going on. Is that correct? Or is it just the, the history behind it is weird? You know, I got a kind of array here okay. of the sort of origins to Christmas to pop culture. So it's kind of a more fun, light episode. I think it's also going to be a short episode. We haven't edited or recorded it yet, so I don't know. I could be making this up. Maybe it's really long. And we Maybe it's really long. I'm sorry. Talk excessively about reindeer. It's possibility. I'm just going to keep keep introducing or uh, interrupting you. Oh, please do. The Have you seen, I'm sure you have not seen the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. No, I haven't even seen any of the movies because because of Chris Pratt. <laughs> you know, that's fair. Well, actually, last night I learned this is just an old 97 song. I'm not sure how familiar with the discography you are of the old 97. Old 97? Yeah. They have been a band since 1992. There was a couple albums that I liked okay. back in the day. But in this Christmas special, they do a cameo in the Christmas special. And they play their song. And it's been stuck in my head since I watched this Christmas special because it's extremely catchy. We'll insert it. Yes. And uh, one of their lines is, Rain, 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 dear, 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 dear. So. Rain, 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 dear, 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 dear. I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. Anyway, <laughs> that was probably a bad story. Sorry. No, but no, no, no. We'll play it. It'll be great. <laughs> we'll it edit out the pauses. of Excellent. Just kind of give you, the listener, a little agenda rundown from us here at Sex with Ghosts. We're going to take off next week. Sorry, I'm pulling up a calendar really quick to make this make sense while I talk about it. So we're going to take off next week, okay? But we are doing a live stream. Yes. On the... What did we decide? The Did we decide that the... Okay, 30th. 30th. Yeah. And so while we'll be taking next week off, we'll do a live stream with you. So join us a pre uh, New Year's Eve Eve situation. Yeah. So yeah. feel free to dress up. I know I will be. And then um, we're going to take the week after that off, too, because we're adults. Okay, everybody yeah. relax. We we're going to come back. Yes, we just need to get back into the swing of things it's been a long rough winter for us and hopefully we can get back on track in the new well, year it's been a crazy year well yeah as I we've moved. mentioned yeah a lot of traveling 
a lot of dead people, a lot of engagements. So many things. A lot of things. But then we'll be back on the 13th, okay? And it's going to be fun. You're going to like it. You're going to love it. The 14th, I mean. But you know what I mean, because you listen to this podcast. You get it. Everybody's cool. Everybody relax, okay? Molly, what do you know about the dang deers? Actually, pretty much nothing. Um, I I feel like I know things like they've been in the zeitgeist. Like, I, I feel like I could say, I feel like they're like mean or something or they pee on things or something like something weird where it's like, oh, all the children love the reindeer and actually they're assholes or something like that. You're you're kind of close with the peeing thing and the temperament. The temperament, actually, from most what I read, they're very domesticated. That's the word. Sorry. Yeah, I said yeah. domesticated, and I think I'm so used to using it in a different context <laughs> that that confused me. <laughs> Anyways, they're a domesticated animal. For the most part, they have been herded forever. And I'll get into more details on that. But there's another sort of brand there is a feral type of reindeer there isn't a lot of feral reindeer because they have been uh farmed for so long they're a lot like cattle or cow so this is like a wild horses situation yeah a few of them but not very many and there's some lore around that it's funny that you brought that temperament up because i was like oh i don't think we'll cover that because it's so like nuance but i didn't think it was that interesting but now that you brought it up there's some like tribal lore about how like i read somewhere that reindeers kind of come from uh basically like two different types of reindeers but in reality it's like yeah because they've been farmed for so long and those are the nice ones sure in fact, the ones are farmed somewhere i read like you it's really hard to sedate them because it could kill them because they're already they're already a very chill animal. Ah, uh, that makes a lot of sense. I think I, I think I have definitely read something like that at at some point. The word reindeer is an ancient Norse word, believed to mean horned animal. The species Rangifer terrandus. I have no idea if I said that right because it's Latin. <laughs> has a history dating back over two thousand years. Basically, this animal has been domesticated. <laughs> I got it. That's not funny. It's not funny even if you come from an abused home, okay? Um, it has been domesticated since the Bronze Age. So it is a... You might not know this. It's fine if you cut this. Are reindeer related to, like, elk and moose? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're they're all bros, like us and chimps. Got it. Um, they're definitely all in the same family. And then it was interesting too, the word caribou. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Caribou. I saw in one place it said it was like a demographic thing. Like I was going to compare it to hurricanes, but I can't remember what the other thing is called. It's like a hurricane, but it's called something that starts with a T. Tsunami. Tsunami. No, yeah. no, no, not tsunami. Monsoon. It, no. That's heavy rain. Oh. It's uh, something that's... Oh, Jesus Christ. Why did I do that? Because now I'm like, should I Google wait, it? Just yeah, wait. Yeah, let's just look it up. this. What's the other... Word for like, hurricane. Yeah. It has to do with like what hemisphere you're in, I think. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, cyclone. Yeah. So either a cyclone or hurricane. It's a reindeer. It's a caribou. Wait. No, I was wrong. The words hurricane and typhoon. Typhoon. That's it. See, I told you, sir, with a T. But but another word for cyclone is is tornado. Well, but you can also have tropical cyclones. So it sounds like that's also another word for the hurricane. Can you say tropical tornado, though? No, well, not, <laughs> not according to dictionary.com. <laughs> and I go <laughs> to dictionary.com to settle all my discrepancies. Yes, they say that tropical cyclones are only originated in the West, mostly over the Atlantic Ocean and Gulf of Mexico. I mean, you wouldn't have a the tropical tornado Wait. is the dre- Dreco. <laughs> Also, no, the no tri- tropical cyclones can happen anywhere, and only the ones that happen over the Atlantic and the Gulf of Mexico are called hurricanes. So I think tropical cyclone is actually the overarching. Well, anyway, that's a very long and tedious conversation. Yeah, we don't know. We're not. Uh, it's not where our degrees lie. You know. Anyways, though, I wish some days I wish I had gone into meteorology. Oh, I wish I had just started with science, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's believed that reindeer were domesticated by native peoples, uh, the Nanets and the Sami, which those are European indigenous words that I could definitely be mispronouncing. But we're mostly talking in northern Eurasia. One of these groups... I think we talked about before, either on a Patreon episode or it might have been on the Dead Sea Scrolls episode because of the mushrooms. The Sami are the ones that feed their reindeer psychedelic mushrooms and then drink the urine from the high reindeer. You know what that was from? I think that was from our bonus. That was a bonus. Yes, about, yes. The psychedelic mushroom. Yeah, that was the psychedelic mushroom issue episode. But of course, we, I mean, you know, that resurfaces, which is interesting because at that time we were like, oh, is that the origin of Santa Claus? Yes, 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 yes. And I'm now, after researching reindeer, I'm like, that's not okay. That's not it's at not. all. Okay. No, not even close. Not even. Like, basically, the shorthand of it is Christmas is just a clusterfuck of paganism and culture and Christianity. Trying to, like, meld all of it together to unite people under a specific ruling. Got it. So just to go back a little bit, was... It because of something that the reindeer ate. Okay, so the reindeer eat something that the mushrooms. Okay, those red mushrooms with the white dots. And they eat enough of them that it actually affects a human. Or do they have to like specifically feed it and then? Well, the the idea is that remember because we talked about it on that episode where it was like that was this easier way for them to get high or like they're more sensitive to it because it was like if humans 
eat it, they're like, there's ill effects or it's not as, there is as much efficacy. Hmm. Yeah. So like, oh, yes, yes. But, but now I don't think I mentioned this on the episode, but it feels like, well, what if they haven't eaten a mushroom in a while? Then you're just drinking urine. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure there's a process. Like, okay. you know, you, I'm sure it's insane. I'm sure, like, and I don't mean insane, like, in a judgmental way. I'm saying insane, like, there's a process. It's like, you have to leading do, up to yeah. the event of the psychic, psychedelic mushroom experience. They're probably like making sure that they're like so hydrated and then making sure that they eat so much of the mushrooms and then waiting a certain amount of time before you can get collect your urine. And then there's probably like a little test to make sure it's what you want to be drinking. You know what I mean? Like it's a process, I'm sure. Got it. Like, a, like the way you would do ayahuasca or like any other ritual based drugs. Yeah, that makes sense. And then in the Sami folklore, they believe that the white reindeer has the most magical properties of all the reindeer. That if a human were to catch a white reindeer, it would bring them luck, riches, and eternal happiness. Now, if you, you gave up on House of the Dragon, yeah? Mm -hmm. After it? the uncle fucking. Okay. But you did you see the white stag episode? Not that I recall. Okay. Well, George R. R. Martin has adopted that little... Um, oh, really? Yeah, custom. That's Good. all I'll say about that. Well, and then I remember there's like a Unsolved Mysteries episode about like the white buffalo. Yeah, I think being it's a our prophecy. It seems like a common kind of. Yeah. And that makes sense because it, what it really is is albinoism and that's like a rarity. So right. it makes sense that people would assign some sort of like mysticism to that. Reindeer bones have been found in ancient caves in Germany and France. So they used to roam much of Europe. Old Chinese annuals dating back nearly. 1800 years ago also mentioned domesticated reindeer over a thousand years later marco polo would write about tamed reindeer in his journals uh, people basically were using these reindeers the same way that they use horses um, you know it's moving people and supplies and there's evidence that humans actually used to milk reindeer what I was going to ask, yep. Oh, yeah. Reading reindeer cheese. <laughs> and reindeer was widely utilized during the Second World War by Soviet forces as a draft animal helping to transport injured soldiers. So can you really ride a reindeer? Yeah, but they have, like, short legs. Okay. So... Not a fast riding, it's just more of a... Yeah, and I think that's why you see them more pulling things. Yes, okay, that makes sense. For centuries, reindeers have been associated, of course, with Christmas and winter festivities, especially in Scandinavia and across Eastern Europe. Um, this goes back to paganism, 
the reindeer was always like well admired and then in the middle ages when people were being converted to christianity they held on to the reindeer lore so reindeer became to symbolize creativity resourcefulness and knowledge and also represents you know having a safe journey and having the endurance to get through whatever travels you have to get through in paganism, you have Odin as the fatherly god and mythical hunter who would lead his warriors on a wild hunt during the winter time. which I think, I can't remember what episode it was, but we've talked about the wild hunt before. Oh, I already yes. do remember. The Halloween, Black Shook. And when he would do the wild hunts, he was on an eight-legged horse named Slepner. I could be saying that wrong. Scandinavian word. So I think that's an interesting connection to the eight-legged horse, and we'll come back to that a little later. Before you go on, do you know, in my mind, I haven't experienced much of reindeer, but in my mind, a reindeer is much larger than a horse. Am I incorrect? Yeah. Okay. So it is I mean, they're like bulkier. Okay. Since I have not experienced much time with a reindeer, I would be kind of afraid. They're like smaller but more compact. Okay. Horses are like huge. Right. And I, I think I've seen reindeer before, like at petting zoos and stuff. But uh, horses are definitely bigger. Okay. I mean. Well, that, that makes me feel a little better because I was I think I was imagining more of a moose like yeah I could see that why would you try to domesticate this gigantic animal but if it's smaller than a horse definitely yeah understand. and so uh we have Odin on this eight-legged horse and children would leap boots filled with hay and carrots and they get gifts in return from Odin. So that's kind of like one of the Santa Claus theories. Yeah, that makes sense. Why why eight legs? Oh, I think just because it was like a giant horse. Okay. But so I think, to... and we'll talk about it more in a little bit later, but I think that's where we get the eight reindeers from. Oh, yeah. No, that totally makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Ha! Huh? Oh my gosh, Christians. <laughs> Well, sort of. We'll, but we'll get there. And then there was Thor, who's the god of storms and, you know, the hammer working hard. He rode across the sky in a chariot pulled by two goats. That's interesting because you have Donner Blitzen, which uh -huh. is German and Dutch words for basically thunder and lightning. Oh, yeah, that... I mean, it's probably too early, but that sounds a lot like Santa Claus. Santa Claus and the origins of how we get to the reindeers that we know is they. So the first known association between reindeer and Santa Claus appeared in a poem that was called A New Year's Present. The deer are only mentioned in a single line. So I'm going to read 
to you the stanza. Old Santa Claus with much delight his reindeer drives this frosty night o'er chimney tops and tracks of snow to bring his yearly gifts to you. I guess maybe snow and you used to rhyme. I don't know. Snow, you. Like it in that accent, I can see it. <laughs> so no one knows who actually ever wrote this poem because he wanted to keep his name anonymous. But the poem's publisher revealed that the author had learned of the reindeer thanks to his mother passing down her indigenous stories of the animals. He wrote like a public statement that was in response to something that was like, Dear Sir, the idea of Santa Claus was not mine, nor the idea of a reindeer. The author of the tale but submitted the piece with a little added information. However, it should be noted he did mention the reindeer in a subsequent correspondence. He stated that far in the north, near the Arctic lands, a series of animals exist. These hoven antlered animals resembling the reindeer and are feared and honored by those around. As you see, he claims to have heard they could fly from his mother, his mother being an Indian of the area. So now we're starting to see this mix of an indigenous animal associated with the North with the ability to fly. Yeah, yeah. So two years later, which would have been around 1823, we have the poem, The Night Before Christmas, which was actually originally called A Visit from St. Nicholas, written by Professor Clement Clark Moore. And so we have, this is where the A reindeer make their appearance. Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, and Blitzen. This was a story he wrote to entertain his daughters. When he submitted this to the publisher, he wanted to keep his name a secret because he was a professor of ancient languages. So I think that's how he gets some of that Norse and German connection. Yeah. Because Dasher is the word for a purse maker. Donner and Blitzen, which I think originally was Thunder and Blitzen, come from the German phrase for thunder and lightning. Another interesting note about this is that the poem gendered the reindeer as males, but biologically this cannot be be true because male the male reindeer shed both large amounts of body weight and their antlers after mating season and so ah. this falls right before winter interesting this also means that rudolph what would, would have been female but maybe they all are male identifying yes yes we can definitely say that because Matt win I- for us if you think about it that's a W for us progressives. Yeah. That's so funny. I found out that Pokemon is also a trans rights uh, proponent. So <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea either. Also, the female reindeer would likely have the stanima to pull the sleigh for as much as they're. I mean, the, the female reindeer has more stanima than male reindeer. That 
That's um, not surprising. I have no. That that seems to be a common theme among nature in a lot of instances. And allegedly, because you had brought up moose, but um, allegedly reindeers have the largest and heaviest antlers of any living deer species. Wow, that's kind of surprising. That's a, I think they must just be like really compact. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I suppose because the moose antler is larger, but it definitely could be less dense. Yeah, but and something so compact probably could also, you know, get a lot of length. Now, it'd probably be a really old reindeer or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Or well calcified. Hmm. But if the males, well, if the males shedding every year or mating after mating season, I, or, or females is yeah, yeah, females probably have wicked antlers. So I know we talked about using reindeer as pack animals and such was there any use of reindeer horn as part of the reason why they would domesticate them or do you see anything oh well i think they originally became domesticated just because it's pretty similar to cow in a lot of ways so it's not that weird and in fact i have a little more information on some of that in the united states it's definitely, I mean, I think it's definitely a different type of meat. I've never had reindeer. I don't go into too many details because I don't want to freak anyone out. But I think it is like a saltier, it's a different, different flavor. Yeah. I'll touch, I'll talk a little bit about it, but first. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph. The red-nosed reindeer. Uh, how did we get to Rudolph? So Coca-Cola found great success in the 1920s by releasing holiday ads that featured Santa Claus. And so then this kind of affects other people. And in 1926, you have Macy's and they put on a Christmas display featuring Santa, a sleigh and real reindeer. And this idea is also influenced by a businessman named Carl Lohman. He was from Minnesota and he working, I think, between Alaska and Minnesota. And he got Macy's to set up this display because in Alaska, there became like this successful or maybe not successful, but promising uh, mass market of reindeer meat and fur. And he's like, I'm going to help this kick off. So he hooks up with Macy's. They create this display and it's going pretty good. He owned more than a quarter million reindeer because known as reindeer king. And as he's building up this campaign, it actually gets shut down by cattle lobbyists. Oh, rough. I was going to guess. It got shut down because children were like, I don't want to eat Rudolph. Oh, that's funny. That's like um, The Simpsons. And then why Lisa becomes a vegetarian. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the problem. Well, <laughs> the quote unquote problem with having pigs as pets. No one, no kid wants to eat. Yeah. 
pork after that. Yeah, pork is kind of one that like bothers me more and more. Yeah. So yeah, the cattle lobbyists changed the laws and the the right to have reindeer in terms of like an animal you can eat and farm. It it's only allowed for indigenous cultures. Now that's that is pretty messed up though, because we're talking like this is like the hemp story where we really could have used another cloth like product, but lobbyists prevented that from Yeah. Or being even possible. medicines. Like we're seeing that right now with loads of medicines. That's uh, and I mean, I don't know that it really would have necessarily taken off. Because, as you say, the taste is pretty foreign to most Americans, I would imagine. But I think if you have a good branding campaign, like, Americans adjust. Like, yeah, yeah. sushi, how big did yep. sushi blow up? That's and, true. And, like, there's still people who are like, oh, the texture, the taste. But it's like, I think more and more it's becoming very normalized and enjoyed by loads of people. Yeah, I guess personally, I wouldn't find it very offensive just because I've eaten and enjoyed deer meat. So, oh, yeah, I've eaten loads of venison. Right. When you were like, so not you specifically, but like living in Iowa, and there was like this moment in college where me and whoever I was living with at the time, you got so much venison. Yeah, because that was also the time when the deer population was exploding and the whole like state was like, please kill the deer because yeah. they are ruining everything. That was a good year. Ah, we ate well that year. year. <laughs> In 1939, a Chicago department store named Montgomery Ward, they're seeing these campaigns have great success with the whole Santa Claus and reindeer things. So they commission a copywriter by the name Robert May to create a character who could feature in a coloring book that were given out to kids. May, he draws on his own personal experience and ends up creating this lonely reindeer, Rudolph. So it came from Montgomery Ward. Yeah. It is funny how... We think when we're kids that these stories have been around forever, but really, they were just advertising campaigns. Oh, my God. It's insane. I think about that at least at least a couple times a day is like how much of the stuff I'm into is just from a successful advertising campaign. Yeah, pretty much everything. Pretty much everything. You are not original. So May's boss originally did not like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer because he felt the red nose implies that the reindeer has been drinking. Oh, that's funny. But it wasn't up to the boss to approve the story. It was actually up to the illustrator because the illustrator was also ahead of the art department. So he got the story approved. His name was Denver Gillian. And a little fun fact about reindeers that with the red nose, because it's like maybe this guy really did read a book about reindeers to write his little story. The animal's nose does, in fact, turn red. What? What? 
I think it's in the nose. There's a dense amount of blood capillaries, 25% more than humans. I so had no helps, idea. This helps keeps the nose surface warm when they root around in the snow looking for food. And it's central for regulating the oh, animal's internal body temperature. That's adorable. I love it. So they really are red nose. And then since we're talking about fun facts, I thought this was an interesting fact that a trait of the reindeer has to do with the unusual sound you hear. So you know that Christmas song, up on the housetop, click, 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 down through the chimney. So it's like, saying that the reindeer just landed and you hear this click sound. But the click sound that comes from reindeers aren't necessarily the hooves you're hearing because the tendons make a click noise when they walk. And it sounds like the same noise, like if you crack your ankle. Oh, that's insane. And there's a correlation between the sound and the size of the body so the bigger the reindeer the louder the clicking this also they think maybe be like related to mating like it's more attractive to lady reindeer yeah i mean yeah that makes sense because presumably would want a larger mate exactly and then the song didn't actually come out so that coloring book happened around 1936 37 or maybe 39, somewhere one of those three years. I don't know. This isn't trivia. But <laughs> the first version of the song didn't come out until 1948 and was originally sung by Harry Brannon. But the song that made it most popular, the version, is Gene Autry's 1949 version, which sold 2.5 million copies and has sold, I'm sure, well over 25 million copies. I mean, definitely has sold over 25 million, but I bet you could even pick a larger figure than that by now at this point in time from whatever publication I pulled that from. And do you know when the movie was that? That was like 1970-something. Okay, it? so it was after it had already become part of yeah. culture, then someone just made a movie. Then Got they it. did the stop motion animation. Yeah, when you said that at first, I was like, well, maybe the movie was part of what actually brought the story to other people, but it sounds like it was more like made after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. I think the song was the biggest thing. Mm, yeah. That makes Cause, sense. Cause like, I don't know if I ever really watched the stop motion thing. Like I know it was on TV when I was a kid, but I don't ever remember being like, yeah, this is awesome to watch. But the yeah. song, I knew every word and the alternate things you say. You know, that's not yeah. in the song. Yeah. See, I w was from a family who did watch it every year. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. My mom watches It's a Wonderful Life every year, and I would fall asleep when she put it on. I watched all of those stop motion films every year, pretty much. Oh, that's fine. I think it was a lot of Home Alone, Uncle Buck. That's, yeah. We did a lot more mainstream. Or more up-to-date pop culture stuff. Anyways, I'm rambling. So I thought you might find this interesting. Have you seen the movie Frozen? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay. So in the movie, you have these two princesses. And 
you have this male character that it's weird because I think he does end up with one of the sisters, but it's like they're trying to make it seem less tropey, but I feel like it's unavoidable. Anyways, this guy, his name is Kristoff. And Kristoff has, of course, like every Disney movie, a trusty sidekick. And his sidekick is Sven, who is a reindeer. And if you watch this movie enough times, you may notice that Kristoff is wearing fur. So on Reddit, uh, SuperClaude1 had posted this theory because the assumption would be that Kristoff's outfit is made out of reindeer fur. And that would be normal for a reindeer herder and someone living in that, in a frozen sort of tundra scenario. And so Sven and Kristoff, they're literal ride or dies. Oh, dear. And Super Clod One's full theory, as he had stated it, or they had stated it, that makes it a bit awkward, though, that Kristoff's best friend is a reindeer and he's actually wearing his skin. But in the context of the story, it all fits together. The ice harvesters must have killed Sven's mother, leaving oh. a baby Sven for Kristoff to look after and giving him a pelt to wear. This explains why Sven is so close to Kristoff, too, oh. and why Kristoff still wears the same pelt. And why Kristoff wears the same pelt, the smell reveals. Mind spent oh. of his mum. <laughs> oh my god! We could. I mean, I'm super actually surprised. So I, yeah, I was definitely not into kids movies or Disney movies during the time when this came out. So I have no knowledge of it. But it does feel like someone missed an opportunity to to recreate Bambi as Sven. <laughs> or we could. It could still happen. Hello, Disney. Wow, that's real. That's that's real harsh. That makes my heart hurt. Oh no! I mean, I like that somebody like created this narrative. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense if he's wearing fur, and that's like part of the culture. Yeah, and because... a good way to make your pet yeah. appreciate you. No, <laughs> your mother now. No. It's like hand the rocks a cradle shit. Oh, that's all. That's so dark. But I have heard, I feel like I have heard that I, like I have a weird recollection of hearing something like, oh, reindeer fur is like the warmest thing you can get or, you know, something like that. Where it's like, that's, if you are a human in those conditions, you kind of, the best option is to clad yourself in the animals. I feel like that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, that's, That's all I got on the reindeer. Well, that's a good story. It is disappointing that it is all based on 1930s advertising. (laughs) What can you do? What What can can you do? do? Well, you think about it. That's the whole story of the whole thing. It's like, yeah, it's a Christian PR campaign at whatever time, Middle Ages. And then it just was like something that we can just keep going back to and Western culture just completely detaches it from its origins. Yeah, because I do imagine if there had been more um, recording of Native stories at the time, there may 
have been plenty of reindeer stories that oh yeah we could literally draw from but well and if if we weren't xenophobes because like the sami people weren't even recognized as indigenous people until like the last couple centuries like they had a fight and say like we are indigenous to this place and yeah we have rights because before then the government was just like basically you don't exist well yeah because and and as americans it's often well and this is this is finland well the finland government wouldn't acknowledge them but i know like i don't since i'm american i only know this my experience i mean we do that as americans yes but that's why I was surprised because I was yes. like, oh, Finland. Well, sure. Ooh. But I'm pretty sure a lot, at least from our perspective, there are still people out there who are surprised that white people are indigenous people because oh. they're, they have like such ingrained mindsets that indigenous means brown. Yeah. And so it's like mind-blowing when you think about oh yes all of these indigenous people in the arctic or in scandinavia who may not look like the type of people that you yeah i mean the whole system is just screwed up yes it's like we've ways. been taught all these terrible stereotypes yes. and binaryism that you're either right or wrong <laughs> and that's terrible ah but to bring this back to a more pleasant point <laughs> i did find because i was curious that reindeer milk cheese is something you can find. And apparently it is nutty in flavor. Nope. Hold on. It, reindeer milk cheese is dense, similar to feta cheese with a firm texture. And locals in Finland call it squeaky cheese because the way the cheese sounds against the teeth. That's what I call cheese curds in Wisconsin. That's what Iowans call cheese curds for sure. <laughs> so it it is it seems like something well, we yeah it makes sense get. it's a thing now but i mean it's probably been a thing for thousands of years yes yes Maybe well longer. i'm sure it was just one of those things that like the locals in finland probably ate it all the time but they weren't exporting reindeer cheese <laughs> until more recently or they might have stopped i mean the reason i say this is like because i think the when they brought the when I found that fact in the research I was doing, it was like saying this, how much we've de- like indigenous people depended on ah, reindeer. But sure. at some point they must stop the milking thing because they found sustenance in different ways or some culture came in and basically was like, don't milk that animal instead eat this. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But then of course, sense. Americans now are not just Americans, capitalism, global economy. You got to milk everything and make every penny count. I mean, it's fun. It is fun, though, especially if you're like we're super into cheese, obviously, and going to the cheese store uh, is one of my favorite things is to be like uh, get like buffalo cheese or, you know, other animal cheeses because it just adds a very different flavor. Yeah. Uh, every, every animal has its own lactose. And I suppose if I was a vegan, I would be like, and uh, humans steal the milk from baby animals of all sorts. Which I am starting to see that side of it. I mean, I get it, but I also 
think that it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, such a exploitative process. Yeah, but I definitely drink oat milk, okay? I mean, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll eat a nice cheese, but if I'm just going to get coffee, I don't know why I'm going down on this hill. Okay, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. No, you can't. Well, maybe no. you can at this point. Who knows? Twitter and Instagram, Molly MM9. How about you? Same platforms at Bridget underscore suck it. You can find this podcast at sex with ghost underscore. Um, you can also show support by giving us a five-star review. Um, and next week, come to the live show. And if you want a copy of it, sign up for the Patreon. Patreon.com slash sex with ghost. Really, the problem with cheese is that it's often not vegetarian. So just think about that. Oh, my God. It's funny you bring that up because at work, someone told me that they wanted vegetarian breakfast options. And then as I was talking to my boss about what that meant, in that moment, I realized by the most basic idea of vegetarianism, breakfast is very vegetarian friendly. And I totally spiraled because I was like, I don't know what they mean anymore. What is like, what is vegetarian? Sure. <laughs> sure. There's a, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. It's a loaded statement. That's all I'm saying. So vegetarians, I'm sorry. Don't get mad at us. There's just a lot of nuances. There is. See uh in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.